All right. So as we get ready to get started with the, the teaching this morning, or the sermon this morning, I want to encourage you guys, make sure you pick up your folders. There's still some folders in the back. How many of you guys have already gotten a folder? Raise it up. One, two, three, four. All right, good. So there's still more folders back there. The way this works, you guys definitely want to get one because you will be here just for a moment of time. If you will leave Poznan in the next five, six years, probably, would you stand? Probably. You leave Poznan in the next five, six years? Okay. So the majority of you guys. All right, now you guys can sit down. Alistair, I love your commitment. (laughs) So what we want this to be for you is a great resource when you leave. So you'll take your sermon notes, you'll take your handouts, whatever it is, and you'll put them in here. So today we're going to be starting our our series on Come, Grow, Serve, and Go. And so there's a divider for each one. So this, your sermon notes, will go behind divider number one as come. And look, I got my sermon notes already in there. So under Grow, last week, you should have your sermon notes under here for Grow when we talked about stewardship. And then also you have your extra handout on Saving for the future, an extra resource for you, so you can plug that in under grow. By the time you leave here, in a matter of maybe a few years, this thing will be hopefully nice and thick, and it'll be a great resource for you. When you have questions in regards to, to Bible or anything else, you can go back and like, man, how, how do I come to God? How do I grow? My friend has a question. You can flip back through and say, ah, here's the answer. So please make sure you grab one, only 23 Zawadi. You can pick one up today and be equipped. Okay, as we get started, there's one little video. I'm not sure if it's going to work with the sound-wise. But you can just click on the black, on the black screen. We'll see if we can get the, the audio to work as well. He's the one. 
as we start our series about coming to God, He is here. God has made Himself known to the creation of the world. God has made Himself known to humanity. God is here. And I hope by the end of our lesson today, we come to a better understanding of, of coming to God and coming to truth and understanding who God is and what he's done for us. The, the mission of the church is very simple. It's come, it's grow, it's serve, and it's go. And hopefully this, this mission becomes our mission. It's really the, the great commission when Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. So as a church, we want to fulfill this great commission that God has given to us, that he's given to the people. And so it's not about trying to fulfill some type of religious commitments or religious duties. It's about living life and living for, for God. So as we start our, our series, it's going to last today and the next three weeks of Come, Grow will be next week. We have a special guest speaker coming in from the States. It's my brother-in-law, another brother-in-law. Um, we have Serve in, uh, in two weeks. Patrick will be preaching on that. And then we have Go uh, in four weeks. So hopefully there'll be something that will start to play into your life as well as you start to develop a Come, Grow, Serve, and Go mentality. Let me just share with you real quick. It's on our website. I'm not sure if I didn't put it in the handout yet. But it says, come and experience God. When we come to God, we express our love and devotion to him. What an honor it is to humbly come before the creator of the universe, experience his presence, his forgiveness, and to learn from him. Then grow. We want you to grow in your relationships by making friends and joining a small group or joining FOF. We want to help you grow in your spiritual maturity by becoming a fully committed follower of Christ. And we definitely believe that growth happens best life on life with one another encouraging each other. From spouses to friends, even children can be a great encouragement to the parents and vice versa. And then third, serve. We want you to be serving God and serving people by being generous with the gifts that God has given you. Everybody's been given something. We talked about stewardship last week. Everything belongs to God. This is his kingdom. Everything belongs to him. So he's talking about stewardship with our time, our talents, our passion, our creativity, our resources. You have but one life to live, and we want to definitely live it for something much bigger than just ourselves. We want to live it for God. And then the, third, the fourth part is go and make a difference in this world by sharing the love of Christ. When you come to truth, then you grow and you mature, then you get out there and you serve, and then you help someone else to come to Christ. I want to share with you, it's not going to be on the screen, but I want to share with you something that might be kind of interesting in regards to the disciples and the different phases that they went through when they were with Jesus. Now, we know that the disciples were with Jesus approximately three years, a little over three years that they were with Jesus during his ministry. But the disciples, when they came to Christ, they spent about 15 months just observing who Jesus was. They weren't committed into the ministry full force or anything like that. But for about 15 months, they were just watching Jesus. They were kind of following him around, observing who this guy was. And the ultimate goal was in this first stage as we have come is that these people will come to the point of salvation. 
And that's what these disciples did. After about 15 months, we read in John and also in Acts that they came to the point of salvation. And this is when they started their growth process. Now, the growth process lasted, if you want, you can write these down in your notes. The growth process lasted about nine months that they were with Jesus. This is when they become more committed, a follower of Christ. He says, you know, cast in your nets and I'll make you fishers of men. Come and follow me. So this is the stage that the disciples were with Jesus growing. They were maturing. They were developing Christ-like habits. They've already made that commitment to follow Christ. And so there's, this was in the, the follow me or the growth stage as they trusted Jesus as their Savior. And then after that, the third one, which we kind of have like our serve, is the two years that the disciples were with Jesus, and they actually went out and did something. So it wasn't until after over a year that the disciples were observing and watching that they finally got involved in serving and doing something with God and doing what Jesus commanded them to do is go out and heal people and, and preach the, that the kingdom is near, that the kingdom is coming. And that lasted for about two years. And during that time, the disciples moved from a point of just observing, just doing some ministry, then to leading in ministry and equipping other people to do the same. And then the fourth phase is the remain in me phase, or we have at PIC our go phase. And this is where you remain with Christ forever because you've come to truth, you've grown, you've matured, you've served, and you can just continue to do that on a daily life that you continue to come to the Bible, you come to God, you come through prayer, you come through faith, you grow, you mature, you serve, you use your time, your talents, your passion, your creativity, and you help the next person to come to Christ, help them to grow and mature. And so it's the, it's the Great Commission being fulfilled, and this is what we want to do as a church. We want to do it as a church. It's not the building. It's you. It's me. We want to do it together. So we want to come, grow, serve, and go. And I'm not sure where some of you are in those phases. Maybe you're still kind of at a distance, maybe for 15 months kind of observe, observing watching who is this Jesus, who is this God. Maybe you've already made that step of commitment and you're growing and you're maturing and you're becoming more Christ-like. You're developing habits of prayer, of, of Bible study, of giving, you know, of sharing your faith. And then next you start developing how to serve and help the next person to come to truth. So I think it's great if you're here and you're in any one of those stages, great. And if you're making just one more step closer to God, great, this is in the right direction, and this is the direction that we want to be in as we do this. You know, when we think about the disciples, sometimes I think, you know, that they were with Jesus for three years, they had everything together, everything was perfect, but the reality of the disciples were just people like you and me. And it was a process as they grew, and Peter almost missed this process completely. At the very end, when Christ died, when Peter, he went back just to doing the normal thing. He went back to fishing for fish. He wasn't out there preaching the gospel anymore or doing what God had commanded him to do until Jesus came back and reinstored, reinstated Peter. So hopefully with us, we won't miss any of these phases, but we'll, we'll catch what God is trying to teach us and tell us through his word. Um, so no matter what stage you might be in, whether you're in the beginning stage, just searching, whether you're in the growth stage and maturing and developing, studying the Bible, the Bible's a very thick book. Intellects and theologians can't agree on some of the things. 
So it's okay if you have questions. I have questions, but let's take the questions and let's try to find the answers. And sometimes the answers are there by faith, and we just have to trust God and knowing that he is God and we are not. So I definitely want to encourage you guys in that. But today we're going to take a look at just come. Just come, and we'll focus on come. So if you have your handouts, you'll want to follow along with this. Here are a few quotes. Let me share them with you. Rather than love, then money, then fame, give me truth. Martin Luther says this, Peace if possible, truth at all cost. Albert Einstein says this one, The search for truth implies a duty. One must not conceal any part of what one has recognized to be truth. Mark Twain, when in doubt, tell the truth. He's got one more good one I like. He says, always tell the truth. That way you don't have to remember what you said. Truth is important. So when we talk about truth, there's one thing I definitely want to communicate with you guys this morning in regards to truth. And that God is God and we are not. Humanity needs to come to God. If we continue to live in this world without a God, we'll continue to have the world that we have. I wish more people were believers and more people lived the Christian lifestyle. The world would be much different. But the reality of it is Christians are the minority and the world's a majority. So if we can just go to the first slide. When we talk about truth, sometimes we... We debate whether there's any absolutes in this world and whether the Bible is absolute or whether even truth is absolute. But this is something that we have to understand that there is absolute truths in our world. In one of my university classes, the professor threw out the question, are there absolutes in this world? And one guy, he said, no, there's not. The professor said, well, are you absolutely sure? <laughs> well, there's absolutes in this world. So... From God, from the Bible, we find that an absolute is that we as human beings are eternal. We find that in Scripture from the very beginning to the very end, that as human beings, we are eternal. We were created in the image of God, and we will live forever. Something else is the abundant life. When God created life, and, and you read the account in Genesis, when he created the world and everything in it, every day that he created, he looked back and he saw that it was good. And it was something that was an abundant life. And there was peace. There was no death. There was, there was none of the things that we have today. But there was something that separated us between God and man. I think we all know that to be sin. And that's the next slide. Is that sin has separated us between God and man. And sin is really not something that you do when you go. Well, sin is if you murder somebody. That's definitely a sin. But sin is rather your heart and your disobedience to God. And from Adam and Eve, the very first part, you go on to the next slide, David. From the very beginning, our sin has kept us from a personal relationship with God. We saw that Adam and Eve were removed from the Garden of Eden. And since then, throughout generations in history, people have always been trying to work their way back to God. The, the Bible says in Romans 3.23, For the wages of sin is death. Or that's 6.23. 3.23 is, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That you're a sinner, I'm a sinner. You have been disobedient to God, I've been disobedient to God. But 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And these are very absolutes that Christ Jesus can save us from our sin. The, the next slide talks about 
different ways that, that people try to, to get to God. And these are some absolutes. Proverbs, Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. You know, with religions, you can look at religions all over the world. And people are always trying to somehow work their ways to God through a religion. But it's not a religion about God. It's a relationship. People try to do good works. You know, try to do lots of different things to, to help the poor, to give money to the person on the street, or, or whatever that might be to get to God. But that doesn't get us there. Philosophies. We can come up with some of the greatest questions. You know, maybe some of the greatest answers and try to philosophize and, and try to figure all the stuff out how to get to God. Doesn't work. Morality. If we just live good enough, then surely, if I'm a good enough person, then one day when I stand before God and he judges me, he will say, you're a good man. And because of your goodness, I will let you into my heaven. The reality is God is a just God. And he's a loving God. And because he is loving, he is just, he will deal with sin. And the Bible says that every single one of us have disobeyed God and we've sinned. And so we're in need of a savior in the next life. <clears throat> and the one bridge that we can reach to God is Jesus. And I know some of this stuff is probably very elementary to some of you, but you've got to be able to, as an individual, as a Christian, be able to clearly communicate this to other people. That the peace, to, the pathway to peace with God is only through Jesus Christ. John fourteen seven says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is saying. So when we talk about our mission of the church of come, we want to come to truth, to absolute truth. And these are absolutely what God has said in the scripture that because of our sin, we've been separated from God. We're eternal beings. We'll live forever. The best way to live forever, in my opinion, I think I'd rather live with God than to not live with God. And that's through Jesus Christ. So here's some experience. Uh, on your handout, you can start to fill in the blanks now. But on the next slide, I just want to share with you some reasons everybody should be experiencing God. Uh, so not only just you, but the reason that your your parents, the reason that your children, the reason that your friends or colleagues or coworkers, employees, whoever that might be, should experiencing God is that we come to God because He is our Creator. You can do the next slide, David. Maybe one more. You click it. There we go. Come to God. God is our creator. When we talk about come to God, we talk about worshiping him. Some things to understand is we worship God. It's not just about singing. It's about living a life for God in reverence, in obedience, um, adoration, respecting who God is. God is God and we are not. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. So our spiritual act of worship is just to, to live for God. Do the things that we were created to do as human beings. We weren't created to murder one another. We were created to love one another. To do the things that God has created us to do. You know, according to the, to the passage from Romans 12.1, Worship is not just a Sunday morning from 10.30 to about 12 o'clock. It's something that's a 24-hour, seven-day event, seven-days-a-week event. 
God is the author of life, and God has ordered life in such a way that when we live according to him and his commands, then we'll experience this abundant life, we'll experience this peace that he's given to us. But when we choose to ignore that, then we can see what we have in the world today. Just like we read in Philippians 4, 6, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, present your request to God. But if all we do is remain anxious and stressed out, stressed out about everything, and we have no thanksgiving, and we don't present these requests to God, then the promise of the peace that will transcend all understanding, how do we expect it to really guard our hearts? But if we live how God has created us to live, we come to God, then I think this there'll be the abundant life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that your abundant life is going to be pockets full of money and, and nice cars and homes. could be. But that's not the hard issue of it. We're coming to God out of a reverence for him. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he reward, rewards those who earnestly seek him. There's two things here. Listen to it again. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So as a Christian, as you come to God, as you're helping someone else come, help them understand that they must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. A question for you, and I think it's on your handout. What actions will you live, since our life is not just on a Sunday morning from 10.30 to 12, what action steps will you live today that are holy and pleasing to God? Like, what, how will you live that shows respect towards God? How will you live that shows your devotion or your love towards God, your reverence, your adoration? The second reason of our experiencing God as we come to experience Him is that we need to come with humility. You can open up to James in your New Testament towards the end after Hebrews. James chapter 4 and 7 to 10. It says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and well. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Some great encouraging words when we talk about coming to God and coming with humility. Look at it again, verse 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Come to God with humility. I know humility sometimes is a difficult word to, to come to understand, especially in our world where everything is about I or about me or, or very selfish people. But humili- humbling ourselves before God is probably the best thing that you can do. 
If you were to humble yourself before a great leader, you'll find out that as a leader leads, the, the path that you follow is a rather nice one. It's a good one. We're talking about God, the creator of the universe, the almighty, that we need to humble ourselves before him and to follow him and his leadership. There's another verse, we won't look it up today, but Matthew 23, 12, you can write that down. But the question for us when we come to God with humility, what is the importance of submission and humility towards God according to James 7 to 10? Ultimately, as we do that, God will lift us up. And I don't like to be down, but when God lifts us up, I think that's the place that we need to be. We come before God. The third point this morning is expressing our love and devotion. If you have your Bibles, you can open up or just flip back to Mark 12, 20. Mark 12, 30, sorry. Let's just start in 39. Mark 12, 29. It says, the most important one answered Jesus is this. And the, they were asking him, which is the greatest commandment? And Jesus says this, hear, O Israel, or hear, O P-I-C, or Poznan. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. But obeying God shows that we love him. And it's a daily decision. This is something that we have to help other people understand. If we're mature Christians, as we're teaching them to obey the commands of Christ, to help them understand that our love is something that's a daily decision for God. When we come to God and we love him, it's not a matter of raising your hand or just being in church on a Sunday. You know, that, that, you know if you were to park yourself into a garage, it doesn't make you a car. Just become, because you come to church doesn't make you a Christian. I think it's the commitment of the heart to God, and it's living your life on a daily basis. We come to church to grow, to mature, and to worship together and have a wonderful time to encourage one another. But we need to come to Him on a daily devotion and love Him as a daily decision. It's not a one-time deal and it's over, but it's something that happens on a continual basis. Just on Friday, I celebrated 11 years with my wife, Brooke, in our marriage. And uh, if I was to stand at the altar with my wife 11 years ago and express my love and devotion to her, how much I loved her and everything else, but I was to leave that relationship at the altar and then enter into our marriage and just become very selfish and, and centered and not love her or anything else like that, I would absolutely crush my wife. I would destroy her. And I would become the most self-centered person ever. Our relationship with God, when we come to God, is something that we're with Him on a daily basis. We don't just come to Him and then leave Him. We're not going to crush that love and that relationship that we have with God. We'll keep that fresh. We'll keep it alive, just like you would in a relationship with your spouse. It's more or less the same with God. We need to express our love to Him on a daily basis, not just on a Sunday morning. And if you're a mature Christian... You need to help people understand this, that it's on a daily basis that you express your love and your devotion to him. The question for you this morning on your handout 
is how will you express your love and devotion today towards God? I mean, besides coming to church, after church, how will you express your love and your devotion towards God? I'll give you a second just to think about that. How would you want to express your love and your devotion to your spouse? Maybe that's a good start. Or if you're to your girlfriend or fiance, what would you do today to express your love and devotion towards him? You guys got something? Yeah, all right. Thank you, Patrick. All right. But really, this is the reality of, of when we come to God to express our love and devotion to him on a daily basis. I've asked a couple of people if they'd be willing just to share part of their testimony with us this morning on how they came to God. What verse helped them to come to God? Was it the church or was it a person or was it an individual who helped them to come to God, to their creator? And so the, the first person I've asked to, to come and share, Sophia, could you come at this time and share with us? Okay, hi, I'm Sophia. If, I know if there's anyone who doesn't know me, but hi. And I'm Polish, by the way. Okay. You guys should clap for this. <laughs> Not everybody can be Polish. <laughs> so Sophia started coming to PIC in May, June. June. In June. In June. Uh, the first time that PIC had a gathering in here in Sheraton, that was my first time in PIC. And what was it like for you to come and experience God? Not PIC, but God, your creator. Here at PIC. Um, well... I must say that the first time I came here, um, I was really amazed by the atmosphere that that sort of flows here and uh, by the optimism that you guys have. And I was, um, I got intrigued and interested because I didn't have that in my life. I was more of a pessimistic person. And I just understood that um, what, what you have is wonderful and what makes you happy is god and it was really an amazing experience that day now during that process looking back over the summer was there a verse or was there a sermon was there a person that helped to bring you closer to god uh or persons okay um well um verses I'd say that it would be uh, Ephesians chapter 4, uh, the first seven verses. I don't remember them, but you can check them in your Bibles. But that was the sermon that uh, you were uh, giving, you were preaching, and we were talking about uh, peace and um, loving one another in, in being patient and just really spoke to my heart. And uh, I guess that uh, you, Richard, and, and with Brooke and with whole PIC just helped me so much to grow in love and in God. And I've totally changed. Amen. Thank you, Sophia. So I think it's a great 
great testimony of what God has done in the life of an individual through his word, through you guys, through the testimony that she came. You know, it's it's about the, the church. It's about his word. Um, I've asked the second person I've asked is Patrick Gia, uh, who's been a Christian for some time. But I'd like to invite you to come up and also to share how you came to God. Okay, so Patrick, he's from Nigeria, so you should clap for that. Because not everybody can be Nigerian. Yeah, it's special to be a Nigerian, you know. (laughs) All right, so my name is Patrick, like you heard, and um, uh, I came to know Christ uh, much early in my life. Uh, I think I was in the the first uh, year of my secondary school. And um, I didn't understand so many things, but I was, I think, enthusiastic. And um, uh, like everyone knows, uh, at that age, I think I was 12 or so, the only knowledge of the Bible I knew was what I learned in the Sunday school. So and uh, like every teenager, uh, there was stubbornness, there was selfishness, there was um, all kinds of um, youthful exuberance. And so... That was characteristic in my life. Um, I, I wouldn't say I was into drinking, but, you know, but sin, whatever you call it, is a sin. So I was a sinner. And uh, what actually summarizes my, um, my life would be what I would ask you to just uh, check with me. Uh, the first letter of Timothy, um, of Paul to Timothy, First Timothy chapter 1, uh, would just summarize uh, my life uh, before I gave my life to Christ. And um, in verse 12 to 15, I just read it from this translation. He said, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. This is Paul talking about himself anyway, I'm just borrowing his testimony. Uh, although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, uh, an, an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. And so I, I became a Christian and then I spent, I think, the four, 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 four or five years at school. But um, what I'm about to tell you is just what I think is important for you. And uh, what's important is that towards the end of my secondary school, I, would, I became cold. I became what I would call a backslider. I became uninterested in church. I don't know, due to a lot of reasons, due to a lot of uh, situations and circumstances probably. Uh, because at, at, at about that time, I think I'd lost my dad. And... Um, my mom was bringing up six children, and um, so it was uh, a little bit difficult, but that's, that's not the basic reason. And I think I got into a few friends uh, which were not interested in church. And so eventually I became cold. My exams were approaching, and I think I, th- I thought it was necessary for me to go into studying for my exams better than, rather than go to church. Uh, I was quite active in the fellowship, but I wasn't serious at that time. And so it happened that um, I was getting colder and colder and colder. I wouldn't even go for prayer meetings. I wouldn't even go uh, for Bible study. Sometimes I would skip it. 
And uh, it became so much that um, I knew within me that I deteriorated completely from God. And I don't know if somebody is going through such an experience, but I, I did go through that experience of insensitivity to the things of God. And uh, so I graduated with very good grades, but I was, I was not admitted into any university. I, I actually passed my exams very well. If you are from Nigeria, you know JAM. I got, my cutoff point was very high. I applied to two universities, and uh, I beat the cutoff point for one of them, but I wasn't, in, in, I mean, I wasn't uh, admitted. I wanted to read pharmacy. And then so I, I just sat at home, and uh, everybody was doing everything they could to help me get into university. And within me, I began to, to ask God. I began to repent of my sins. I began to realize my, my situation. And uh, when I began to look inwards, I began to be sorry. I began to make promises to God. I began to rededicate my life to God in a way as much as I knew I could, even though I was just struggling within me to, 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 to become my real self. Uh, at that time, uh, I just received a letter. Actually, my sister just came back with a letter in her hand admitting me into a third university that I had forgotten that I applied to. <laughs> and so uh, and that's how I got into that university. But you see, you see, God has a plan. And so with this desire, you know, with this joy, with this God, I'm sorry, I'm coming back home, you know, feeling, I, I got to the school and I was making up my mind. Sorry if I'm taking too much time. Uh, so I got into university campus. And I looked around. It was a new environment. I was just 17 years old at that time. And um, so I just, really, this is great. A great place to be, you know, with new opportunities. And so when I got into uh, the, the, the academic area, I saw an advertisement. And it was a kind of a Christian program that was to take place at the campus. Wow, I couldn't uh, run away from that. And I said, this is great. Maybe I should try to see what's happening here. So I read the address wrongly, and this is the, this is the important thing I wanted to, to go back home with. I, I thought it was in a different hall, and I went straight into a different, uh, a hostel, and I went into the room of two Christian brothers, and, and one was the Bible study leader of the fellowship, the other was the prayer secretary of the fellowship. So when I knocked on the door, they said, yes, come in. Uh, I said, I'm looking for a, an address, and it's a program taking place, but I wonder if it is in this room. And they said, actually, we are going for the same program. And so they became my, I would call, my mentors. And this is how God arranged that my growth in the Christian faith should be through these two brothers. And I still remember them, how they worked on me, how they helped me to grow, how they would spend their time and their efforts and encourage me and spend their time really fellowshipping with me. And I think that contributed a lot to my growth as a Christian. And God helped me through that period to grow. And I served in the school there for the, the, the six years I spent to read veteran medicine. I was the leader of the fellowship even eventually. And, and this, is, this is just the testimony that I was almost lost, you know, but God found me. Not just finding me, but he organized people in my life that became absolutely impossible for me to fall. And this is what God does in some of our lives. So it's good to be in a fellowship like this. And I'm, I know that God has put somebody here uh, just to be a friend to you or just to talk to you from time to time because he has something to do uh, for your life. God bless you.
Thank you, Patrick. I'm glad you shared a little bit extra, too, because it really helps to emphasize James when we humble ourselves before the Lord and put him first in our life. Then he will lift us up and he will restore us back to what he has created us to be. Um, as we bring this sermon to a close, I just want to encourage you guys, as we come before God the Creator, remember you're coming before God, and that your life should be that of respecting God, of living for God. Um, come before Him with humility um, and express your love and your devotion to Him. Like Patrick was sharing, there was maybe school, his exams got in the way of his relationship with God. I know there could be many things that can get in the relationship with God. If you were here last year, you saw this example, but I have to share it because I love it. Uh, like, I think it was probably eight years ago. Um, if you don't know, I work a lot with uh, homeless or with addicted people. And one of the guys came and says, hey, I'm going to go to a detox center, but I need a train ticket for 20 Zawadi. Can you just give me 20 Zawadi? And I knew he was an alcoholic. And, and in his bag, he was carrying this you know, clear plastic bag with everything that he owned. It was like a jacket and a T-shirt and a pair of pants. But in that bag, it was clear plastic. You know, I could see this can of beer. And I'm like, so you want 20 Zawadi to send you to a detox center, and you went out and you bought a can of beer. I said, this doesn't make sense. I said, I'll tell you what. I said, I will buy that beer off you for 20 Zawadi. He's like, wait a second. He pulled it out of his, out of his bag, and he, and he held onto it for a while. He's like, I just spent two Zawadi on this. <laughs> I said, I know. I'm going to give you 20 Zawadi for it. And he held on to it for a while. He thought about it. <laughs> Wasn't quite sure what to do. I'm like, listen, I'm going to buy you a train ticket so you can go to detox and get better. Hmm. <laughs> Finally, he gave it up. And this is his original can that I bought for 20 Zawadi. So it says, pray for me, Hal. Uh, it was July 16th, 2004. Uh, I put the date on there. I haven't seen Mihal since, so I don't know where he's at. But I think sometimes in our own life, God is saying, hey, I have something for you. And then we hold on to our little beer. He's like, but God, you know, I worked so hard to get into this school, or I worked so hard to get in this position at work, or, or God, you don't know what I've done. And God's like, listen, what you have is nothing compared to what I want to give to you. But God, you just don't understand the things that I've done to get this. Is There's this little, I'm not saying beer is a sin, but is there a beer in your life that's getting in the way of, of you experiencing God? Patrick shared how was his education, in a sense, his worries and kind of his friends were distracting him. But he's able to return to God. What is it that's preventing you to respect God? What's preventing you to love God? What's preventing you to come to him with humility? Pride? And what's keeping you from expressing your love and your devotion to him on a daily basis? These are the things we need to work through in our life. Discipleship is not just a one thing. You go to a class and you're a disciple of Christ. It's a lifelong process of, of growing and maturing. So we want you guys to come to Christ. We want you to grow that you can be, so that you can grow to be a means of salvation for other people, serve them in that capacity, and then go and help the next person to come to Christ and to grow and to serve and to go. So this is what I want to leave you guys with this morning is that on a daily basis, today when you leave church, you're really going before your creator. How will you express your love and your devotion towards him on a weekly basis? 
on a daily basis. And as you do so, maybe just post it up on PIC Facebook. And that can be a great encouragement to other people on how you're coming to God on a daily basis. And encourage one another to truly come to truth, to absolute truth, and to live for him. Not to live for religions, but to live with God for God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, it is truth. We thank you that when the, when the world says maybe there's no absolutes, but there are absolutes. Father, we thank you that you are absolute truth. Father, we thank you for your word and that your word is absolute truth. Father, we thank you that not only is it truth, it's historic. Father, I think of historically, I think of your story in humanity. And now from the very beginning, you've, you've called people to, to repent, to turn around, to come back to you. But generation after generation of people just heading in their own direction. Father, help us as a church to come to you as our creator. Help us as we do that, we come to you in humility and honoring that you are Lord of our life and we are not. And help us to express our love and our devotion to you on a daily basis, just as I would to my wife, Brooke. Just as other people would to their spouses or friends. Help us to acknowledge that you are a creator, that you are our God, and that we love you. And Father, as we do that as a church, as we mature, help us to be able to clearly articulate and to share that with people who need to hear. How can they believe unless they have heard? How can they hear unless somebody goes and tells them? Faith comes by hearing. Father, help us to speak truth to people at all costs. In Jesus' name, amen. We have just a, a couple.